Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listeners. Now, one day I had the original idea of creating a podcast during lockdown. I know, crazy, and you. My friend, have stumbled across it. Welcome to Floaters. My name is Sophia, and I'm coming to you live from Studio Wardrobe here in the southwest of the UK. Ah,、oh, how are we doing, listeners? Are we all right? Are we getting through? Over here, the days are getting lighter for longer. Spring is just around the corner, and、uh, I know this not only because of the change in temperature. And also not having to use my bed socks at night anymore, but also because my dog pal Bertie has started shedding like crazy. He's a yellow Labrador, so he molts all year round anyway. I know, but recently huge clumps of his undercoat are falling out. And、uh, to be honest, I could have started a pillow stuffing business with the amount he's been shedding, but I haven't because that would be gross. And、uh, we do it in the garden. You see, we brush、uh, his hair in the garden because the hair goes everywhere. And the birds around in the trees, <laughs> and you know the ones that are in the trees as opposed to the ones on the ground. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, birds they don't mind because what they do is like the little yellow finches. They、uh, hop around the garden and they pick up the hair and they take it back to their nests, which is super cute.、Um, And also, it's quite funny because when they do pick it up, and because Bertie's hair is white, it makes all the birds look like they have white moustaches. <laughs> all the amusement here, here, <laughs> here in the countryside. Now, I'm recording this intro on 16th of March, 2021, and it's been a weird couple of weeks here in the UK. But、uh, I'll get into that later. For now. Let me introduce today's guest, who is psychology graduate and regular listener of the podcast, Maggie Durovshikova. We talked about vlogging through the moves that you make,、uh, having to leave the UK in a hurry when COVID hit, and we also talked about the use of the words expat and immigrant and what that means. And I really enjoyed talking to her, and I hope you'll enjoy listening. So, as always, I started by asking Maggie where she grew up. I call myself like a fake third culture child because I spent most of my life in Slovakia. So we, well, we moved when I was very, very young. We moved to Prague,、um, but I don't remember that because I was very, very young. Um, and then until the age of fourteen, we lived in Slovakia, where I'm from. Um, and then we moved to Poland for four years,、um, and then after that, I moved on my own to London for university, and now I'm back to Slovakia, and my parents are in Slovenia. Oh, okay. Well, how come your parents are in Slovenia? Yeah. So、uh, the company that my dad works for, they move him around a bit, and、um, so they were also in Germany in the meantime, but that was only for like a year. And so yeah, and it gets very confusing for people when I say、oh, I'm Slovakian, but my parents live in Slovenia, because everybody thinks that those are the same countries. And you see, especially、um, British people, like start to like calculate in their head. They're like, "What does she mean? <laughs> those are two different countries." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they start、confusing. thinking that you're confused, probably, when actually they're the ones who are very confused.、Um, yeah. But so, out of those countries, then, like, so you don't really remember Prague very much. But what do you remember of Poland when you were there? 
Yeah. So Poland, I remember very well. I mean, that was, I was there from 14 until 18. So I feel like those are quite formative years for anyone. Um, so when I listen to like your other uh, episodes of your podcast, because I'm a fan, um, I realize that I feel like I don't really have a typical story because Because I think, because I was quite older when we moved, it wasn't an easy transition for me. Like, um, and I'm not really, because I'm also quite an introverted person. Um, I don't really deal with change that well. So when we moved, it was quite difficult for me in the beginning. Um, but then I actually grew to like love Poland and I love um, when I meet, po like when I see Polish people in public now, I'm like, oh my God, hi, Polish people. <laughs> and they're always like, who is this weird person who doesn't speak Polish that well? Why are they talking to me about Poland? Um, yeah. What was your original question? <laughs> oh, just what your experience is like of, of Poland. So, I mean, so did you go into an international school when you got there? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I went to an international school, to a British international school, um, which was the same as, uh, as Hania, um, our common friend, um, where I met her. Um, so that was an experience as well, because I spent all of my life in the Slovak public schools. And they were very, um, like, Slovak educational system is an interesting one. Um, it's not super... I don't think it's a very good one, to be honest. Um, it's very focused on like memorizing and very factual knowledge. So when I came to the British school and suddenly like I was asked to think and I was asked to, you know, critically evaluate, I was like, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you want from me? <laughs> it was very hard in the beginning um, to get used to that. So I think that that was also like part of why it was quite difficult for me when we moved to like adapt because um, because I was also you know I spent like I grew up in a um, well I'm here now as well but I grew up uh, in the capital of Slovakia in Bratislava but in like a, a suburb like a very very small suburb on the edge of the city so it's like a village basically um so suddenly I was in Warsaw you know which to me was like a huge city I mean it's still a big city but at the time it was like huge And I was in the school that I thought was huge. And um, my English was a bit funny because I, you know, I, I only had English in like schools and I went to like, um, I had some extra English classes, but I never spoke it like in school and um, like full time. So my English was a bit funny. I had a funny accent and, um, you know, and like also I spent my time, you know, in classrooms with kids that were, um, I don't know how to say this uh, in a in a way that's not um, uh, controversial, but they were kids from all sorts of um, areas of society. Is how I would say. You know, it wasn't just uh, it was a diverse group in those public Slovak schools. Um, and then I came to this British school where you know it was full of uh, children from uh, different, very different backgrounds to what I was used to, and you know, children who were from, uh, you know, families with uh, more money than, than what I was used to having around. And so I really just felt very much like an outsider. I was like, uh, I don't know what these people are talking about. And 
um, you know, I didn't have that international experience before. So I was just like the Slovak kid. And also like a lot of Polish people were very confused with where Slovakia was, which I thought was funny because it was like, it's on your South border. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also like, it's such a, it's, I laughed when I listened um, to your podcast with Marysia because I went to a Catholic school as well before uh, Poland, before I came to Poland. Um, and it was like quite a conservative a Catholic school. I, I was like taught by nuns. And uh, I mean, the, the education was quite good. Like it was a very high level, but at the same time, like that was the thing that made me question because I grew up Catholic. It made me question whether that's what I really believe. Um, and then, you know, I came from this kind of environment. Um, uh, I came to Poland and to this international, very like, you know, open school where, you know, everybody was supposed to be inclusive and um, nobody was, you know, like you could, yeah, you could read Harry Potter and it wasn't like you're uh, a witch, <laughs> <laughs> which um, we, uh, which, you know, wasn't really accepted in the Catholic school. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was difficult in the beginning for sure. Like it wasn't easy. Um, but then, uh, thankfully, like when I met people in the school who I'm still friends with now, I found some friends and gradually, and also because Polish is quite similar to Slovak. So it wasn't too difficult for me to like quite quickly, I could understand what people were saying. I wasn't very good at speaking. I'm still not very good at speaking it, but I can understand like most of things that people say, um, so gradually I, I got to a point where I, I liked Poland and I, I like it now. I miss it now. Um, but in the beginning, it was, it, was not, it was not easy on me. Now that sounds like a lot as well to, go, to have to go there as, a, as you said, like, a, like your later teenage years. Then also to learn in a language that you've only sort of practiced in class maybe once or twice a week and then do that full time. And then also another language on top of that. So that's a lot to yeah. take in as a young person. Yeah, exactly. And I also, uh, I was just uh, thinking about like, I was reflecting <laughs> on this time of my life yesterday. I was thinking about it. And um, I realized also like I came in the middle of the school year. We moved in like February. So I was, you know, I was like this new weird kid <laughs> in the class. <laughs> and um, I also actually switched years when I came to the school because they didn't want to put me in year 10 because in year 11 you do your GCSE exams right which are like this UK school system thing and they didn't want me to have like one and a half years of of preparation because they thought I wouldn't do all the exams so they put me in year nine instead um but I was always used to being the youngest person in class because that's just how it was always in Slovakia I was always the youngest person for some reason and suddenly I was in class with like all these uh, younger kids. I was like the oldest person in class. And it was very confusing for me because I was like, what is going on? Um, because of all of this combined. And so then we, uh, I asked my parents to like speak to the school and be like, move me up. Because I just didn't like, I just felt like I was not, I didn't belong in that class. Like I just really felt like I didn't belong at all. So then they very reluctantly moved me up to year 10. And I remember the head of secondary um, told my parents that like, 
Uh, just make just remember that like she'll probably have some of the worst results in her year uh, because she's only going to have a year and a half of, of preparation for her exams. I was like, you know, that's very uh, it's a very supportive thing. Yeah, <laughs> just what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it didn't happen. <laughs> I actually ended up uh, doing well because I had really good teachers. Um, but yeah, it was it was a rough start for sure. Yeah, and did you? So what did you go on then to study at uni? What prompted the move to uh, to London after that? Was that through the school perhaps that you, or like was it the influence of the school that made you want to go to London or was that always sort of on the horizon for you? Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny because I think ever since I was very, very young, I've always loved English. Like I loved language when I started, I started learning quite young um, and I always liked it. And so I always had like kind of a dream of studying in the UK or like living in the UK. And then I think as well, because we were in the British school, they were really like encouraging us to go to the UK. Like that was kind of the main path that most people took. So I didn't really think about it that much. Like I didn't really consider um, other countries because the US was going to be too expensive and, you know, other European countries, um, weren't as highly ranked uh, i hate to say this but that's how i thought in the when i was younger um because so i thought like you know the best universities are in in the uk so i'll just go there and then london actually like that was kind of a coincidence because i originally i applied for cambridge i really wanted to go to cambridge and uh, I didn't get in, uh, which was like a big blow for me. Um, so then I chose like the next best school, uh, <laughs> which was UCL. <laughs> um, and I, I always liked like, I think, especially because when I was in the international school, I noticed this kind of international environment and I, I became really comfortable in it. And I began to really like it. So then I kind of looked at London and how it's, you know, super international and so diverse. So that kind of um, just, it was part of the natural, I guess, decision, part of my decision-making where, to be honest, the biggest part was that it was like a good school. That's why I chose to go there. But um, uh, it was also important to me that it was like an international environment. Um, and yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, London certainly is very, you know, multicultural. It's all sorts of people there. And um, and I can't believe as, as well, you've gone from like the suburbs of Bratislava to Warsaw and then you've gone to London. Like that is a beast of a city. Was it quite overwhelming when you first got there? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it was overwhelming because, you know, I was at university and everything was overwhelming because everything was new and exciting. Uh, but I don't think, honestly, I, I don't think I was that overwhelmed by it because I spent most of my time in like zone one, <laughs> you know, because I lived in halls and everything was quite close. So I, that's what I considered London was just like zone one and Bloomsbury. That was my idea of London. Oh, lovely. Um, but that's a nice area. Yeah, I mean, that's where UCL is and that's where I had my halls. Um, and then later I lived in Camden and Islington. So I was still like zone one, zone two kind of areas. Um, yeah, zone one actually. Um, but it's quite funny because I like when I was, I'm, I've always loved making videos. And when I, when we moved to Warsaw, I actually recorded 
for like, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks, I did like vlogs where I just like vlogged what I was doing and it was for my friends and whatever. And I watched it just um, like an hour ago. And I saw myself in one of the videos, I was like, oh my God, like Warsaw is so huge. And I had to take this bus from school to home. And like, I was so worried because everything is so big. And I just looked at that and I just, I found it so funny that, you know, four years later, I would find myself in London, which is even bigger than Warsaw. And I just became totally comfortable living there. And I didn't mind that it was so big at all. That's so great that you've got like a video diary of that time in your life as well. That must have been so, it must be so interesting to go back and watch that sort of footage. I mean, have you got a lot of that, uh, a lot of those sort of blogs, I was going to say blogs, vlogs? Yeah, it is mostly cringy. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, your 14-year-old self is never like a good time to be, I think, for everyone. That's just like a horrible time in your life. Um, So watching myself at 14 is quite a cringy experience. Um, But I'm glad I have it because I can really see like exactly what I was thinking, what I was um, doing, how I perceive this um big you know change in my life um and yeah so I, i'm happy i have them and i actually have a lot of them um i just i'm not sure i've like edited all of the footage into videos i have about 10 videos um but the rest is stored somewhere on my hard drive yeah Oh, that's so great. I sh- I'm sure that'll be uh, quite a fun thing to to get out every every so often. If you just need to um, get a good laugh maybe at yourself or just <laughs> just also to see how far you've come. I mean, I know how that feels, actually. I used to make it uh, a mission of mine, every house we lived in or every flat we lived in, um, the day we'd move or our last day there, we'd um, I'd always take a video and just be like, this was our house. We're leaving today. And I'd go around and some of them are so embarrassing, especially because I got my little sister to film me around the house and there are so many incidents of me going Izzy no don't do it like that no you need to shoot over there and it's just (laughs) like oh god I mean I don't know how how she's forgiven me but um that's definitely been a personal a a, a place of personal growth for me certainly in how I speak to my sister these days Um, but that's so funny that you say that because I've done the same thing like for the past couple of years because when I was in London I moved every year I moved houses every year with my like friends um, and I also took videos of my I mean obviously you know I was a bit older <laughs> I was like 20 doing this um, but I, I took videos of my room and um, and you know like my my house because you get strangely attached to it I guess you know like um especially because if you know that you're gonna you're gonna leave um I so I would also like take those videos that's quite quite funny yeah no that's um that's interesting that you so we share that in common then I guess that we're both quite sort of attached to some material things I mean not like Michael Lange shout out episode 14 (laughs) (laughs) who likes white walls everything vanilla um (laughs) yes I I confirm he is a serial killer actually (laughs) that wasn't a joke that he said you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, because I find I find I'm the same. So I'll I'll have like little things that I'll I'll need to to make myself feel at home. But um, but back to university and just generally, uh, what did you study at um, UCL? I studied psychology. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so everyone now thinks they can read their minds, which. <laughs> 
is really freaky when I say yes, I can. <laughs> I guess people go like, what? <laughs> but yeah, I can't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds really interesting. And I, I, what are you up to now in, um, what prompted the move back to Slovakia? Uh, a coronavirus. <laughs> um, yeah, so in March, yeah, because I just finished university in uh, August 2020. I actually just graduated. So in March, um, cl- countries started closing borders and stuff. And uh, well, originally, actually, me and my flatmates were going to stay in London together and we we're going to quarantine together. Um, but then it turned out that you know it was it wasn't going to be over in three months, which is what we thought at the time. Um, so my parents uh, said, you know, you should probably come back because um, at the time, like I remember, Slovakia closed borders quite early, and then Slovenia was just about to close their borders. So they they called me and they, they said, you know, you should probably leave while you can. So that was such a weird experience actually because I. Uh, booked myself a flight and less than 12 hours I was gone I I went back to Slovenia and um, I actually couldn't even go back to move out of my flat Um, so I had to ask Kanya and her sister Marisha to like go and pack up my stuff which I'm eternally grateful for (laughs) Um, because I have a lot of stuff Um, so I couldn't so that was such a that was a really hard experience actually to leave um, all of that behind and not really get a chance to say goodbye. You know, like when we moved out of Warsaw, I feel like I had a time to prepare. I knew we were gonna leave. I knew you know we had to move back, and I had time to like process everything and say goodbye to the city, say goodbye to the to the flag. But with London, it was just like I was just gone in in less than twelve hours, and yeah, it was it was a really strange experience. That sounds, I mean, that's really tough when it, I mean, it's happened to you so suddenly as well. Like mm-hmm. with, like you say, you usually have a bit of time to prepare for those big changes, but then, um, you know, there's like almost, it's like, there's no time to grieve when you, when you've been put in that situation, you're, you just have to get up and go and, um, how, how awful and stressful for you as well. And also for your parents on like in a different country, they must've been like so worried about you. Yeah. And <laughs> actually my passport was like about to expire. I mean, I left, I traveled on the 15th of March and my passport expired on the 18th of March. Oh my God. <laughs> so the whole experience was, was very fun. It was very exciting. I just, and I like, it was, um, I just remembered we, all, we, had a, we had a party with my friends the night uh, before I left. And I didn't sleep at all because I went straight from this party because um, we were all we knew that we all had to go home. So I I went straight from the party to the airport and I, I slept in the taxi, which is a terrible idea. I could have been kidnapped very easily. And then in the plane to Slovenia, just cried the whole plane ride. I was just sitting there like eating my breakfast and just like bawling my eyes out. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the, I guess, the situation of our um, Corona times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's no, Corona has not left one person untouched by it. Like everyone's been affected by it in some way or another. And, and, and what are you, what are you up to now then? Um, like, what are you, what are you doing to find, uh, to pass the time during this Corona time? Are you able to work? Yeah, so I uh, was unemployed for quite a while, which was very difficult because it's very difficult to look for a job. And, um, you know, now 
Um, I, I especially don't envy people who are going to graduate uh, now and look for a job in 2021. I think it's going to be even harder. But I luckily found a job, and um, so I'm, I'm working in a in um, the Slovak company, uh, which I really like so far. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations on that. Like that is quite a, you've achieved a lot in the past year. You've, you've <laughs> moved countries and you've managed to get a job during one of the toughest times. Um, so that is definitely something to be celebrated for sure. Um, and I wanted to go back to something that you, you mentioned briefly earlier uh, about feeling like um, a fake third culture kid. Um, I mean, I wonder, like, why is it that you feel in that sort of way? And I just wonder if you could talk about that a bit more. Yeah, so I think this is because um, I've noticed that ever since I we lived in Poland, most of my friends are third culture kids. Like even when I came to London, I noticed that, you know, when I was in groups of people who were British and uh, born in the UK, grew up in the UK, I didn't really connect with them as much as I connected with people who were also third culture kids or people who were from a different country and came to the UK. So I noticed that, you know, my friends that I have now, um, most of them or many of them are, are third culture kids. Um, and uh, some of them are not, but they're, my group is very international. And I think, because when I look at my friends, they are very, very clearly third, third culture kids. You know, they're people who you know, like one of my really good friends is uh, her parents are from India, but she lived her whole life in Singapore. Or one of my other good friends is um, she lived um, for some time in Argentina, but she's Spanish. Um, or, you know, I'd have friends who are like, or, or my other friend is uh, from Armenia, but grew up in, the, in Prague. So, uh, you know, I felt like these are people or like, you know, the Lange clan. They have a lot of countries and you have a lot of countries that you that you lived in. So I guess it's when I compare myself to to people like you and, and my friends. And I, I see that, you know, they really have that full experience of growing up um, in a, an environment where your parents speak a totally different language and you've lived in a number of countries. Whereas like for me, you know, I, I feel like most of my life I spent in Slovakia. My parents are Slovak. We're very, very clearly Slovak because we all, I mean, especially me, I look incredibly Slavic. Um, and, and it was a very homogenous experience. And then, you know, I feel like the later part of my adolescence I spent in Poland and then in, and I spent some time in London. So I guess that's why to me it feels like I had a bit of time where I was in my culture at home was different to my culture outside of the home. Um, so that's why it feels like I don't like consider myself like a fully third culture child. Um, and also because Slovak and Polish cultures are similar, you know, they're not like moving from Europe to, I don't know, Japan, like, you know, it's, there are quite similar cultures, even though there are differences. Um, so I guess that's why I never considered it, like never considered myself like a, you know, uh, if somebody asked me, um, you know, if I consider myself a third culture kid, I'd be like, oh, I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe I do. I mean, that's really interesting that you feel that way because, um, I, I feel the same. I actually feel that I'm a bit of a fake third culture kid. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I know, like you say, like there's those countries and, but at the same time, it's like, because I went to boarding school in the UK, 
I've got like this sort of detachment. I mean, because in some ways I feel very connected to like, yeah, Colombia. And I mean, I don't really remember Nigeria at all because I was a blob at that point. I you know, <laughs> couldn't even speak. Um, but uh, yeah, with places like that, because I was I was only there for like maybe, I want to say 20 weeks over the whole year, but it was still home. And then I, but I was still at school in the UK. So I had some kind of a base, but not like, it wasn't like an, an emotional base. Um, and so, yeah, when I meet people like yourself and lots of other people on this podcast, and it's, in, I, I like hearing the experiences of people who actually got to be in the schools and live in the countries properly. Cause the only country that I really got to do that with um, like full time was Estonia. And I was, I mean, it was a great childhood, like living there. Cause I was there from the age of like four till three or three or four till about eight or nine. So it was, it was good, but I still, yeah, I still have this sort of imposter syndrome in my head of like, you know, and now I'm doing a podcast about it. I can't believe I'm admitting this now, but I feel like such a, I do feel like a floater um, in all sorts of other ways as well. But um, even within the TCK bracket, I also feel a bit like, do I really belong in this? Or am I part of like a different sort of crew? Like, is it a boarding school crew or is it like, just a confused as fuck kind of person. I don't know. <laughs> Where do I fit in? Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so that really, it really resonated with me when you said that. I was like, yeah, put a, a little flag in my head. I was like, let's, because um, yeah, I don't know if a lot of people talk about that at all. Yeah, so I was thinking about this a lot, actually, when I lived in London. I really started wondering, like, what's, what defines like a third culture child? Because I looked at myself, I looked at my family and you know, we're considered expats, but then I looked at, um, you know, people who moved to London who maybe, uh, you know, move there because they, they have to, because their countries are at war, because, you know, they, they can't, you know, living in their countries is very difficult. And those people would be considered immigrants. And I, I, I really had like, that really kind of confused me because I was like, it's quite funny that we reserve this word expat for, you know, people who are considered like, you know, they go to international schools or whatever, but then as soon as you're, you move for a different reason, you're, you're considered an immigrant. And um, so I really thought about this a lot when I was in London and especially, and also because, you know, a lot of my friends were um, third culture kids. And I feel like we had some similar experiences that I could relate to, but we didn't, it wasn't like um, I felt fully, like I identified as the same as all these other third culture kids. Um, and at the same time, like it's honestly, it was a really, it's been a, a strange time since I left Poland because I don't really feel Slovak, you know, like I feel Slovak and when somebody asks me where I'm from, I say Slovakia, but my Slovak is a bit funny now because I, since I was 14, I was always in English. Like I only spoke Slovak at home. Um, and then I moved to London and I spoke Slovak like 10% of the time with like one of my good friends who is also Slovak who lived with me. Um, so, so like, and Slovak has a lot of conjugations and a lot of like, you know, we have genders and stuff and it's, it's very difficult. Like the grammar is crazy. So when I speak Slovak, I sound a bit funny. Um, and I, other people have told me that they don't notice um, that, that this kind of funny sound. But I can tell, I can tell for myself that the way I'm speaking is a bit strange sometimes. And the, the syntax I use is a bit off. 
Um, so when I lived in London and I would go to like um, the Czech and Slovak society that we had at university, it was in like, it was like a natural thing for me to do it because I was like, well, that's where I'm from. Like, these are my people. Right. But then I came there and, you know, they had a lot of um, these cultural jokes that you have when you grow up in, in a place and they had a lot of references and things that I just didn't get. And I was like, you know, I felt a bit out of place. And also because um, if you go to the UK and when you go to like some of the, I guess, you know, higher rated universities. I don't like using this term, but that's how you describe them. Um, the Slovaks who go to these places are usually from like one of the one of five schools because Slovakia is quite small and we have uh, we have good schools, but we have a limited number of schools that produce people that <coughs> go to um, the UK. So when you meet somebody who is Slovak at um, the university that I went to, um, that one of the first things you ask, you're like, okay, well, did you go to this, this or this school? Like, which school did you go to? Like, where can I place you? And then I'd be like, well, actually, I didn't go to any of them. And then, then you see people thinking like, okay, so how, how come? Like, what, where did you go then? <laughs> and then I'd be like, well, I actually didn't go to high school at all in Slovakia. Like, I went to school in Poland and... It was like this whole thing that I had to explain. So I didn't really feel fully like I, that's kind of where I belonged. But then with other third, third culture kids, I felt more connected, but I still felt like that's not really where I belong because, you know, I, I didn't spend my whole life in international schools. So I think around this time, I really started thinking about like, what does it actually mean to be like a third culture kid? Mm. Um, yeah no it's I'm, interesting oh sorry I'll let you finish your point <laughs> <laughs> no I was just gonna say uh, I was very grateful because um actually like one of my closest friends from university is a Slovak girl which I found very surprising I thought that was never gonna happen um but I was very grateful for her because we lived together for two years and she explained all the Slovak references and all the Slovak jokes to me and so I finally you know felt like I understood what people were talking about <laughs> You had your inside person there. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was going to say, yeah, about the what it, What does it mean to be a TCK um, uh, going off that point? I think that's why when I, well, like, when I created this podcast, I didn't want it to be called like third culture or this and that, because I think there's so much more to it. It's not just third culture kids who happen to be traveling or, or like, you know, you don't have to fit under that bracket. It is people like you say, who might've been, who might've moved, who aren't quote unquote expats and they might be quote unquote immigrants or whatever. Like that in itself is a really interesting point that you made. Like why is there that sort of, why do we differentiate the two um, when actually both sets of or groups of people um, are there for the same reasons to work, to live, to give their kids an education that perhaps they wouldn't have had at home. Um, and uh, and so I feel like the term floater sort of it, it does encompass a lot more because it it's like it doesn't matter like whether you've ticked ticked all these certain boxes that you're supposed to have ticked perhaps as a TCK or um, an immigrant or whatever or like the, the the child of immigrants it's just like it's just an experience isn't it it's it's your own experience and um, and um, why should we be made to be put in boxes. Why should we stand for that? We shall not stand for that. Not on this podcast, not at all. Um, and yeah, I wonder exactly. how, how do you feel now then, especially then 
like living full time back in Slovakia. How are you, have you settled in now? Uh, have you had enough time to do so? Uh, I think so. Um, I've definitely had a bit of a change of heart um, because I think when I left from here, um, in the beginning, I was kind of a, I was, I was a pretty annoying child <laughs> because I was like, well, I live in Warsaw now and I don't live here anymore. And, you know, I'm so much cooler than everybody else here because I live in Warsaw, which is just <laughs> a terrible attitude to have. Um, so I kind of grew quite disconnected from, from Bratislava and I didn't really like it that much here. Um, but in the past couple of months, because I've been, you know, I've been here the whole time and uh, I've uh, been spending time with my friends from here uh, from that I've kept in touch with. Um, I've really noticed that actually it's changed quite a lot since I was here, since, you know, 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and I've really grown to like it a lot more than, than uh, I used to. I think it has a lot of opportunities and it's really... It's becoming a nice city, I think. Um, but yeah, it's still weird uh, to be here full time because like speaking Slovak is a bit stressful <laughs> for me. Um, so I always get a bit self-conscious when I speak it um, to people. And especially now that because um, my job is in I do um, customer support for like a software company. Um, and sometimes we get people um, chatting in Slovak and that is so stressful to me <laughs> because you have to have a certain tone, right? When you speak with customers, you can't. And like our company, like the, the place I work, like they're very, they're quite specific about the kind of tone they want. And um, they, we have like trainings about that and stuff. And in English, it's like totally easy. I can do it like no problem. It's, it's just second nature. With Slovak, it's the most stressful thing. <laughs> I have to think so much um, about like what I'm going to write. So yeah, that's one aspect of it is that it's a bit stressful, um, the the like language wise. Um, but yeah, it's it's strange also to um, you know kind of come back and feel like well, I'm from here. I have a Slovak passport, and you know that my family is there. Everybody's from here. But I don't really, yeah, it's not, I don't feel like I'm at home, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's strange. So do, would it be, would, could you see yourself living there or living somewhere else sort of for the longer term? Or um, do you think eventually you might, I don't know, maybe you'll spend a bit, bit more time. I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. Imagine COVID wasn't a thing. And imagine you were just you were just in Slovakia, you know, you're just visiting for now. And um, would you consider staying for longer or would you have your uh, your site set on somewhere else? Uh, well, I already have my site set on somewhere <laughs> else. Um, not that I uh, don't like it here, but I just feel like. I just miss that big city, you know, I really, because Bratislava is tiny. It's like half a million people. Um, so I, I really just miss being in a, a place where there's loads of people. And, um, you know, especially comparing to London, like London is such a diverse place, whereas Slovakia is, it's quite homogenous. Like it's very, um, you know, obviously you get people, it's not like, 
the same, like Poland, you know, I think Poland is very, very homogenous. Slovakia, not so much. Um, not as much as Poland. Um, but I really miss that diversity that you have in London. And I miss that feeling of like a big city where, uh, where I was talking to my friend and she said that what she misses is like being able to get like fast food at 3 a.m., you know, being able to get like a kebab at 3 a.m. It's such like a trivial thing, but it's something about being in this big city and, um, you know, having access to so many things and so much food that I really, I really miss that. I think that's what I miss the most. So I, I definitely want to uh, relocate soon mm. for sure. Yeah, it really is the smaller things that sort of make the experience, isn't it? For for those those places that mean something to us. Um, and yeah, well, I hope we can welcome you back to London at some point soon. I mean, what what's next for you? Have you got any plans for the rest of the year or are you taking it just sort of day by day? Yeah, I'm taking it day by day. I don't really have <laughs> any plans right now. And it's, it's a stressful thing because I like plans. I like knowing what's coming. I like having my things in order and not really having that right now is, uh, it's a new experience <laughs> for sure. Um, but it's kind of exciting also to, to take a look and be like, oh, where can I go next? Like, I'd love to move to Spain because I took um, Spanish when I was at university and I really loved learning that language. And, um, you know, I'd love to go there and, uh yeah it's it's exciting to not have plans and it's a bit scary at the same time but uh yeah i'm i'm excited to see where where i end up yes and you'll have to keep us posted here on the floaters podcast of course and um and actually there's i'll round up today by asking if there's anything you would like to plug or promote at all today well i was thinking about this i was thinking what should i plug uh, the first thing that I thought of was therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I bet a lot of people uh, after this COVID period are going to need it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, because, you know, since I studied psychology, I have a, I'm already a big fan of therapy and uh, I, you know, I've gone through therapy myself. Um, so I definitely would recommend that. Um, I think especially for people who are, you know, third culture kids or floaters or however you want to call, call yourself. Um, I think it can be quite helpful to do that. Some, because I think it's quite, when you don't really have, um, concrete roots it can be a bit difficult, I think, to, uh, you know, understand yourself and just, um, root yourself i guess uh so yes third culture kids go to therapy is my message <laughs> um <laughs> if you want a more uplifting uh plug i definitely want to plug half cup in london um it's a cafe they uh are in king's cross and also in city of london uh, I actually work there for a summer um, and I love their food. It's very, very, very good. It has, it's like brunch food um, and I really, really want them to survive COVID. So please go and <laughs> eat there, order their stuff. Please uh, support them because I'd love for them to be there when I come back because I want to eat there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Support small businesses. It's an important time to do that.
Isn't she a joy? Isn't she an absolute fucking joy? Thank you so much, Maggie, for chatting with me. Um, London listeners, I've put a link to the Instagram of Half Cup Cafe for you to check that out. So please have a little look. And before I go, um, I wanted to talk about something that's happening in the UK right now. It's a little heavy and this is your trigger warning just in case I will be talking about Sarah Everard. So if you so need, please feel free to switch off now. For those of you who don't know, Sarah Everard um, was walking home one evening um, in London a couple of weeks ago and went missing for nine days before her body was found in a wooded area just outside London. She was 33 years old and it's been a difficult couple of weeks for a lot of reasons, particularly for women, because it brings up a lot of trauma, a lot of memories, you know, times you get scared walking home times when you were followed, times when you were harassed on public transport, when your mates didn't believe you when you told them, when you might just have escaped a hostile situation, or maybe when you didn't. Every woman has a story like this, and hearing Sarah Everard's story just justifies our fear. And this transcends culture, class, race, background. Women should not be expected to change their behaviour should not be expected to avoid public spaces, not go out after dark. No one should feel relieved to reach their own front door on a daily basis. With Sarah Everard's case, the amount of press it got, it was also a chilling reminder of how much we don't hear about these cases on such a national scale or even international scale. How many more women are going missing and we're not even hearing about it? particularly women of colour. Blessing Ola Sagan was 21 years old when she went missing last September and her mother has still not been given concrete answers about what happened to her. I've put in the show notes a link for where you can sign a petition to push for a proper investigation surrounding Blessing's death and I think it's the least we can do it literally takes two seconds you just sign your name and it's done and her mother and everyone who loved her they deserve to know what happened now if you're if you're still listening I know that was heavy but um if you're still listening thank you so much for taking this time and especially to all the magical, bloody, brilliant women listening right now. I just want you to know that I'm sending all my love to you. Until next time. Bye-bye.